Welcome to Arkansas AgCast, your source for the latest news and views in Arkansas agriculture. Arkansas AgCast is produced by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation. Welcome to Arkansas AgCast for February 4th. I'm your host, Rob Anderson. This week, we visit Trent Dabbs on his rice, corn, and soybean farm near Stuttgart to talk about commodity prices and the impact they may have on corn and soybean planting this year. We also check in with Arkansas Farm Bureau's Autumn Wood during Farm Bureau Week to learn about the benefits of being a Farm Bureau member. And we get the latest update on what's happening at the state capitol from Jeff Pitchford. First up, Keith Sutton talks to Arkansas Farm Bureau's membership marketing specialist, Autumn Wood, about Farm Bureau Week and the many benefits of becoming a Farm Bureau member. Welcome. I'm Keith Sutton with Arkansas Farm Bureau, and today I have a special guest, Autumn Wood, who is Farm Bureau's membership marketing specialist. Welcome, Autumn. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing, Keith? I'm good. I'm good. We appreciate you being with us. Uh, We're uh, getting ready to celebrate Farm Bureau Week, which is coming up February 1st through the 7th. Uh, It's a special week uh, for our Farm Bureau folks around the state where we like to share with other folks all the benefits of being a Farm Bureau member and uh, trying to encourage folks to to join and and be a member. Uh, There are so many benefits that it's really kind of unbelievable to me, all the things that you can get as a member it still costs forty dollars a year to join is that right yes that's correct um we have the member benefits in place to help offset the cost of that forty dollars a year i know i'm a member and i uh, take advantage of these benefits every year and usually uh just one or two visits to some of the businesses that are involved uh, pays back my membership and then some. That's what people can expect, right? That's correct. Well, we we know that being a member of Farm Bureau means you have access to some of the best insurance protection in the state for farms and homes and autos. A lot of people are familiar with Farm Bureau insurance. Uh, but it also means that you're helping to support those who produce the safe, affordable, and abundant food supply we all rely on. Uh, It means you're supporting rural values and rural communities. Uh, You support good roads and broadband access and job skills training, uh, higher education systems. There's so much that Farm Bureau does. Uh, What we want to do is talk a little bit about Uh, some of the savings you can get from various businesses around the state, and and that's a substantial number of businesses. How about you start us out, and let's kind of go over some of those so people will know what they might get if they join Farm Bureau. Okay. Well, our number one program is Farm Bureau Bank. Uh, They provide new and used vehicle uh, loans for motorcycles, boats, RVs, and equipment loans. Um, They also have checking and savings accounts and credit cards. And Keith, did you know that you can, if you spend $8,000 in a year's time, that Farm Bureau Bank will pay your membership? Oh, no, I didn't know that. That's right. Um, Our second most popular program is the car seat program. Um, It's the oldest of all of our programs next to the insurance company. You know, the insurance company was our original first member benefit for the Federation. 
Um, but the car seats, you can get an infant car seat for $25 and a booster for 15 But this year, we added a new five-star buckle car seat. Um, it's $25, but now we have three seats to choose from. Any Farm Bureau member can get up to three seats per year per membership, and the shipping and handling fees are included in that 15 or $25. Wow. I mean, I, it's been a long time since I had to buy a car seat, Autumn, but uh, I remember even back when my kids were young, they were way more expensive than that. So this is a, a way to save your membership money right up front. Yes, it's a wonderful deal. You can't get that price at any box store around the state ever. That's super. Well, what else do we have to tell folks about? Um, we also have the the Ford bonus cash offer. It's $500 off of a new uh, Ford truck. Um, and we have the John Deere program, which uh, Farm Bureau members are automatically at a Platinum One status when they join the John Deere um, equipment discounts. So um, you go in there and you fill out their uh, information on the John Deere's Loyalty Rewards program. And once you fill that out, it automatically puts you into that Platinum One status and it shows you the discounts that you get. Um, we also have a Savings Plus app. This is an app that you can put on your uh, smartphone, or oh, yeah. you can you can do it on your PC too. But the smartphone is where most people are going. Um, you just pull it up um, after you sign in, and it follows you wherever you go. So say that you're in Branson, Missouri. You pull it up, and you you know it changes the zip code to where you are as long as you have your locations is on. Um, you go there, and it pulls up the restaurants around you or the retail shops around you, and it tells you what specific deals they have in that area. I know that my favorite one is Sonic because – and now they're all different in different <laughs> locations, but here you can get a Route 44 for $0.99 cents all day long. Wow. <laughs> There's uh, over 100,000 retailers involved in that program. And so I know I, this is where I get my money back in a hurry. I carry mine on my phone, have that app there wherever I go, and there are so many things, not just food we're going to talk about, but lots of other things as well that can save you money. Yes. You've got now, car, car care. Um don't forget the pizza for your for your kids. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. a buy one get one free pizza at uh, I think it was Papa John's while we were on COVID. Oh, there were so many things we used our for during uh, our lockdown on COVID early on last year. Now to to get that app, you can just go to our website arfb.com. Uh, after you buy your membership and enter your membership number there and download that to your phone or PC. Is that right? That's correct. Um, don't forget, when it asks you for your mobile password, it'll be that number that's there. You have to put in your dash and then your membership number. Well, very good. And if anybody has trouble, they can get help with this, too, at our County Farm Bureau offices, right? Yes, they can do that, or they can call. There's a support number on there. Um, when you go to log in to get the instructions, there's a support number you can call if you're uh, having trouble. It's really not hard, though. Uh, I don't think anybody would have a lot of trouble. So 
That's good. What else? What other kind of savings are we looking at? We've got a discount with uh, Caterpillar. You get up to $5,000 off of cat machines, depending on, you know, wow. what type of equipment you're looking for. Well, we if also you're a farmer, get that might be a big deal. You might, if you're ready in in the market for some piece of big caterpillar equipment, that's a monumental saving. Yes, we also um, get a deal through Case IH. It's up to five hundred dollars. Wow! And you know, Keith, you were talking earlier about putting um, money back in your pocket. You know that that Farm Bureau membership's forty dollars a year. But did right. you know that at any two night stay in a Choice Hotel or a Wyndham Hotel puts that forty dollars back in your pocket because you save up to twenty percent on those two hotel chains? That is something I do know because our family uses those everywhere we travel, and usually uh, that's the first thing we use each year is uh, a visit to one of the Choice Hotels. There. Great hotels, and you knock 20% off right off the top usually. So that's a big saving. So what else do we want to talk about? There's uh, there's all kind of fun things to do as well. Right. We get the uh, Branson discounts. You get up to 15% off of tickets online with Silver Dollar City, Showboat Branson Bell, Silver Dollar City's Whitewater, and their Wilderness uh, RVs and camping. Um. We also get a discount uh, with Max Prairie Wings. It's 10% off. It's clothing and apparel, hunting clothes, hunting shoes, and also waders. So with duck season still in, you know, you can you can go get your waders at, at Max for 10% off. Oh, you bet. And, and everybody, when you start shopping for Father's Day or even some Mother's Day, folks, uh, that's a good place to, to get stuff with your membership discount. We've also uh, got a discount at Magic Springs. I don't think we mentioned that yet. That's a big one for a lot of folks locally. Yes, we do have a discount with Magic Springs. Um, You can go to our website at arfb.com and you uh, click on that Magic Springs and it takes you to their link, which gives you discounted tickets. So there's another big savings for folks. I mean, when we start adding all this up, it you can see that very quickly you can uh, uh, earn back the $40 membership in no time. It, and that's not everything. There's still some other things like uh, there's some health benefits. Uh, lifeline screening, is that still part of the program? Yes, uh, it's four screenings for $135, plus you get um, a free osteoporosis risk assessment test. That's that's a mouthful. But anyway, the the tests include um, stroke, uh, artery disease, uh, heart rhythm, um, all kinds of stuff. And so it's $135 for four screenings, and that's a pretty good deal. That's a pretty popular program. Um, If you go to our website, you can find the priority code for our members, and you just call that number to make an appointment. Wow. It's really unbelievable how many ways uh, you can benefit from your Farm Bureau membership. And there's more and more and more. We could talk for a very, very long time and not cover them all. One of my, one I remember from even from when I was young 
I would see uh, reward signs on the farms that says, for information leading to the arrest and conviction of persons committing theft, arson, or vandalism on this property. So if you have a, a farm, uh, that's a reward program you can use that might help folks uh, uh, turn in people who are, are committing vandalism on your place. That's right. As long as the sign is visibly posted, um, these stickers and signs are available through your county farm bureau. And if you have any issues or or have, you know, something that happens, contact them and they'll they'll help you with the details. All right. Well, is there any other really special ones you'd like to talk about, Autumn? Um, no, I think we've gone over most of them. The most popular ones, anyway. And there's tons of them. I, I really uh, recommend that you uh, join as soon as you can and uh, get that app on your phone or your computer, and you'll start saving right away. Uh, it's a, a wonderful benefit program, and uh, you're also supporting all the farmers and ranchers in the state uh, for the work we do with them. So uh, it's, it's a win-win deal all around. That's right. Well, Autumn, thank you for taking time today to share this with us, and uh, we hope all you folks will get out there during Farm Bureau Week, visit your uh, county Farm Bureau office, uh, get online and look at our website, arfb.com, and uh, we'll hope to uh, see you as a member someday soon. Next, Ken Moore and Mark Lambert, Director of Commodity Activities for Arkansas Farm Bureau, visit the Stuttgart farm of Trent Dabbs to talk about how corn, soybean, and grain farmers are finally seeing a return to more profitable prices and what it means for 2021 planting decisions. On this edition of AgCast, I'm down in Stuttgart on the farm of Trent and Terry Dabbs. Trent and his father Terry uh, are rice, corn, and soybean farmers down here, and uh, we're going to kind of kick off our 2021 commodity discussion, if you will, and uh, in particular, corn and soybean discussion. We're still a little bit premature on this, but I'm down here with Trent and, uh, and Mark Lambert. Mark is, the, is an economist with the Arkansas Farm Bureau and Director of Commodity Activities. Mark, let's start with you, if you will. A year ago at this time, uh, corn and bean prices were still depressed, and they had been depressed for a number of years. To talk about why they have, over the last several months, uh, they've gone up. I read just recently where bean prices were quoted at over $14 a bushel. I think they may have fallen back a little bit, but uh, talk about the run-up in, in grain prices and corn and beans in particular and the reasons for that. Corn and corn and bean prices, you know, we, we've seen an uptick in those prices uh, right after that middle of January WASDE report that came out that showed a showed a decrease in the overall supply um, and other factors that have kind of gone into that. Back in December, they started seeing export reports coming out. Um, like I said earlier, we're we're seventy seven percent increase on exports right now, primarily on the China China trade deal. Um, right now, bean bean prices in March are about thirteen fifty, which the the market's inverted uh, to where the the November price on new crop beans is sitting somewhere around the eleven fifty range, trying to trying to get to twelve, but 
it just won't get there. Um, corn prices, they're also, they're also, you're seeing an inversion in that market on the old versus new crop. Uh, you know, right around the first of the year, we start seeing some guys that have held, held crops in the bins, um, you know, managing the checkoff boards. We kind of see, we, we see where people are starting to sell those crops and, January, February, March, we start seeing upticks in, in collections there, um, after the first of the year, but, um, primarily the, the uptick in prices, I think a lot has to do with the supply side, uh, weather in South America, the harvest, uh, you always hear about the Brazilian harvest that it's wetter down there trying to get that crop out and it's slower. So these prices are kind of following, following with that. Also, we have domestic policy, energy policies uh, that are looking towards new, uh, I guess, ethanol production, uh, blending requirements, biodiesel requirements, and uh, heating oil requirements that that uh, primarily like large cities like New York has. Uh, that's actually helping drive that supply side on on soybeans and corn. So um, more favorable prices. Uh, you know, less supply, you have be- have better prices. So uh, it's a welcome thought to farmers in Arkansas. Um, they've struggled for the last six or seven years on prices, um, and it's a and it's a very welcome sight. Uh, I think I, it's not as it's not as high as it was back in twelve and thirteen, but it is it is a, a welcome. And uh, China trade market, uh, you talk about exports. We need to move the beans we have in storage. And, uh, and thankfully, that uh, China trade agreement that uh, was accomplished a year ago, they're starting to buy a lot more product, aren't they? And that's helping. Yes, they're, they're starting to buy a lot more product. I think we're about double, double on what it, what it was last year, uh, whether we started seeing a single half, probably a half tender or one tender going to Israel we're starting to see more and more tenders going to China, which makes it a lot easier. Um, on the world market, I think we're we're cheaper on a soybean mill, but our dollar is a little bit stronger, which which doesn't help the export market. Uh, makes our commodities um, more expensive, but we're also shipping a better quality product um, than than a Brazilian or South America, and we have and we our infrastructure is a lot better. Uh, to get that into the export market rather than we're riding down dirt roads to to get to the export channels uh, where we have those infrastructure advantages. So what's kind of the uh, looking forward, uh, the trade outlook for, you know, this spring, summer, we continue to see uh, product being moved. That's going to continue to be a positive influence uh, as we get in deeper into 2021. I. I, I would hope that we start we continue to see that export market increase. Um, if it stays on stays the course, then you know at harvest time two years ago, I know we were looking at it and there was negative basis there at harvest, which is kind of unheard of in our in our markets. It's negative to zero basis there in the soybean market whenever uh, combines started going in the field to where we're we're usually seeing twenty five cents to to a dollar over in the soybean market because we're the we're the first ones out every year so if if it this export market kind of opens up we we don't we we don't want to see the negative basis at harvest we we want to see the positive 
and it'll kind of almost get back to a slightly somewhat normal uh, sense if if the Chinese trade deal works in works in our favor and it's and it's executed like it should. Well, unfortunately, with the uh, uptick, as you say, in grain prices, uh, there's also an uptick in input costs. It seems like they're kind of follow each other along, and uh, it's going to be a little more expensive potentially to grow the crop this year. Talk about market factors affecting uh, fertilizer costs. Also, fuel costs are going up. We see uh, diesel prices uh, going up over the last several months. Uh, So what about those inputs that they're going to have to deal with as well? Uh, the fossil fuel market, which it, which kind of deals with your um, gasoline and diesel prices, which goes into the goes into the tractors, um, we've seen an increase in that. Back in March, I can remember that your gas price and diesel price was about the price of the transportation from from uh, from the refineries going going to the gas stations, where you were seeing a zero dollar barrel of oil. Um, but you know. The price of fertilizer is also increased just due to the fact where your nitrogen source is is coming from your natural gas. Natural gas prices are up right now, which kind of goes, it falls in line with your increase in in your fertilizer prices. Um, But other other factors, um, I know Trent was saying that that his chemical prices are going up and then you have your large large equipment prices which they see a an increase in price year over year so farmers are the the higher commodity markets they're a welcome site but then the higher input prices are definitely not a welcome site uh which kind of tries to squeeze that dollar a little bit harder on 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 our farmers well, all right then, and let's just transition, Trent, to you. Mark's explained uh, kind of the reasons why we're, we're seeing some of these uh, more favorable corn and bean prices. So on one hand, that is a welcome sight for you. How does that affect your decision-making as you go into uh, this new crop year? Well, we always sit down this time of year and, and take a look at all those factors, whether it's uh, the market prices, input prices, uh, you know, all those things go go into the the big picture of how we decide what our crop rotation is going to be. But uh, on our farm here, we're kind of in a, in a three-way rotation that doesn't change a whole lot uh, with rice, corn, and beans. Uh, we did drop some, some corn acreage last year due to weather conditions, getting it planted, and, and the price was down on it some. So uh, we've already got plans in place to, to increase that corn acreage back up to what we typically would plant in a year. Uh, our, our rice and soybean acres are probably going to remain pretty pretty static. So, uh, like I said, we kind of we kind of stick to our rotation. We think that's good for our for our farm and and how we uh, operate. So, uh, we'll we'll be about where we are. Uh, you know, we depending on if something really breaks out between now and planting time, we could always adjust that. But uh, that's that's kind of our plans for this year. Uh, we reported over the last three years, I guess going back to 2018, we've had unusual increase in, in, in precipitation and rainfall that's affected planting it's affected harvest we've had some very wet winters during harvest season and then it just continues on all through the spring maybe that's starting to change a little bit the last four to six weeks have been a little bit drier than the last several years if we have a dry spring and you can get your crops in the ground more on time how will that affect your planting decision 
Well, I mean, like I said, I hope we, we can get in a little earlier and, and be able to at least plant everything that we intend to plant uh, and the crop we intend to plant it. So, uh, you know, like you mentioned, the last couple of years, we, we farm uh, one farm that has mainly surface water and, and store all our water in reservoirs. And uh, in the last two or three years, we haven't even had to start the pumps to pump in during the winter to fill those reservoirs back up. We've had that much rain. So, uh, definitely not the case this year. We'll, we're going to have to start pumps here pretty soon to, and hopefully catch a few of those larger rains to help get those replenished. But, uh, yeah, it, you know, if we can get a good good spring, early spring, and, and get our beds hit backed up and ready to ready to plant some corn uh, and then go right into rice and soybeans. So, uh, you know, hopefully just that period, that, that month, two-month period there, if we can – stay away from those big rains it'll let us get everything in more timely which in turn will let us have a hopefully better yield in in the end so as a soybean farmer corn farmer uh just looking at the industries what does it mean now the attitude uh on the on the part of farmers to have uh you know 12 to 13 dollar beans and uh six dollar corn what does that help as far as your outlook and your attitude appro- uh, approaching this planting season well, it definitely makes penciling out things a, a lot easier. Uh, you know, we like Mark mentioned that it always seems like when the price of commodities go up, the input prices follow. So uh, that's one thing we've got to really watch. And we we've already booked a lot of our input prices or input things like chemicals and seed and fertilizer uh, just to try to manage that. And uh, definitely the price of urea in the last couple of weeks really shot up. So we went ahead and took care of some of that. Uh, and, and have been getting notices about different chemicals that are going to maybe be in short supply due to transportation issues or COVID or, you know, numerous things right now that are going on. So trying to lock some of that in to, 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 to manage those risks. Uh, but with the higher commodity prices, I think uh, all farmers are going to have a little better little better mood maybe going into this year than, than in the years past. So uh, like I said, hopefully uh, they'll stay where they're at or maybe increase a little bit and everybody will have an opportunity to, to take advantage of some of those higher prices. Certainly, we do hope so, to take advantage of them. And, and it's been a long time coming. I mean, profitability is is a challenge. There's so many things that go into that I think the public doesn't really realize for you, uh, your family, to have a profitable season. Uh, you want to have good yields. You're able to overcome challenges that you face during the middle of the summer, whether it be a drought and you have to irrigate more, uh, you're still able to get good yields. And, and talk about how you are able to do that with technology, uh, research that, you know, you're just right down the road from the Rice Research Station here in Stuttgart. All of that goes into your being successful. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the things on our farm is we're always willing to try something new. Uh, we don't wait around and see if something works. Maybe that's good. Sometimes that's bad, but, uh, you know, there's so much, so much technology that's changing, you know, even every, every day, uh, that's factoring into what we do, whether it's precision planning equipment that we have on our, on our, uh, machinery and harvest equipment, uh, even down to automation on wells and in grain bins and, and managing our irrigation better. Uh, like I said, it's technology is, is driving everything in agriculture right now. Uh, we were talking to a guy just a couple of days ago about uh, basically a system that could automate the entire irrigation system on this farm. Uh, you could open 
valves and closed valves and control pumps from your phone or iPad. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing that I could sit here in this office and potentially control the whole irrigation on 1,500 acres from a phone. Uh, you know, and, and that's one of the advantages we have here, especially in Arkansas, is abundance of water right now that that uh, we're able, even in dry, if we have a dry year, that that we're able to manage those yields and keep them up due to the irrigation. And, and that's one place that we've really tried to become uh, as efficient as possible to to maximize that uh, and get the best yields we can. And no no question, uh, have you and uh, your dad kind of ventured into the row rice phenomenon that's kind of taken over? I know many, many rice farmers are uh, doing away with levees and just growing row rice now. And that seems to be more, uh, you, you can serve water bore that way. Yeah, we started dabbling in row rice, I don't know, probably 20 years ago. I oh, believe. really? I'm, well, okay, you you were ahead of your time. I, I guess. I don't know. If, uh, we weren't the first ones to do it, but we were probably pretty close to it. Uh, and, and the reason was because we had a farm that had some sandier soil types, and uh, maintaining a flood uh, on that soil was very difficult. You know, you'd start the pump and get the field pumped up, and within a day or two, it was back dry. And that was taking a lot of water to do that, and we thought, well, Maybe we need to try something different if we're going to continue to grow rice on this uh, ground. And uh, since then, through different efforts, you know, universities started to started to do some more research in it. And just just our own, you know, uh, trial and error, we've, we've kind of got it down to a pretty good science now. And we've definitely increased the row rice acres, even on other acres that uh, were traditionally flooded acres uh, on, on different soil types. So uh, that that's a... It's a, a process that we really like uh it helps us in in future or in the next coming spring or spring to be able to to get into those fields quicker and maybe plant another crop a soybean crop or, or whatever we're going to follow that with usually soybeans uh, less tillage which uh you know saves saves fuel saves erosion uh so in you know in our situation it's really worked out well for us we haven't seen a huge yield loss uh and like you said, we're we're uh, managing our water a little better and, and reducing how much we're actually using overall. That's fantastic. Well, Mark, kind of wrapping this up, then uh, beyond just the Dabs farm here, what are you hearing from our other soybean and, and corn farmers as far as uh, their attitudes, uh, their outlook for 2021? Is everybody kind of hopeful? I know we're getting ready to have our uh, Arkansas Farm Bureau Commodity Division meetings. Those take place right now uh, over the course of the next week or so and you'll be uh, involved in those meetings uh what's the outlook for 2021 uh for 2020 and 2021 or i guess for uh our crop in 2021 i would suspect that we're gonna we're gonna inch back up closer to the three million mark on soybeans uh your corn acres i i think they'll probably either level off there at about seven seven hundred and fifty thousand acres um you know, last week we had a corn and grain sorghum promotion board meeting, and a guy was talking about a dollar ten basis on on milo or grain sorghum, and he said, you know, it, it'll kind of raise your eyebrows and and uh, let you almost think about planting it, but then you have to think about your sugarcane aphid problem that we had a few years ago that really makes you scratch the back of your head why to uh, plant that, um, you know. Grain sorghum acres have been down, wheat wheat acres have been down, but these prices are starting to look a little bit more favorable to make you actually think about starting to plant these. 
uh, I think you'll see, like I said, your corn acres um, be probably close to what we had last year, about the 750,000 acre mark, and the soybean acres somewhere around the 3 million. Um, you know, the beauty of Arkansas is we have a three crop rotation, and some in some cases they throw in cotton in, in with it, but yeah. cotton prices have been suppressed for, for a while, but once you get out of cotton, it's really hard to go back to cotton. So, uh, corn's kind of the same way. Uh, so that's, that's the, that's what I'm, I think I'm going to see in Arkansas this year. Well, we're more optimistic. We, we've got good prices. Hopefully you'll get enough rainfall, Trent, to uh, replenish your reservoirs and, uh, and, and get that water that you need. And then when it gets into, uh, May and June, It'll be dry enough for you to get your crops in in a timely manner. And then we'll have a good year. But as I said a minute ago, you guys always amaze me as how you overcome the challenges you have to deal with and what Mother Nature throws at you to get a very good yield and have a successful harvest. Thanks for taking a few minutes to update us, and we'll look forward to keeping in touch, Trent, as we get deeper into the spring and see once planting season gets underway how things are going for you. All right, sounds good. Been visiting with Trent Dabbs down here on the farm that he uh, and his father, Terry, run down here in Stuttgart. And Mark Lambert, Director of Commodity Activities uh, and an economist for Arkansas Farm Bureau on this edition of Arkansas AgCast. Finally, Keith is joined once again by Arkansas Farm Bureau State Affairs Director Jeff Pitchford to talk about the latest legislative session news from the state capitol and tell us where things stand with Arkansas Farm Bureau's top priorities. Welcome to AgCast. I'm Keith Sutton with Arkansas Farm Bureau. Today, Jeff Pitchford, Director of Public Affairs and Government Relations for Farm Bureau, is back with me. And Jeff, we're going to talk again about what's going on the past week uh, during the legislative session here in Little Rock. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Well, uh, we saw a lot of uh, bills that uh, are on our priority list dropped this past week and so we're excited about that that that's going to be moving forward and we'll see some action this week on that uh last wednesday uh, representative dean vaught filed house bill 1315 which creates a state meat inspection program it would be in the arkansas department of agriculture and um, it would uh, set it up to where processors go through the go through the program and be certified and then they'll be able to sell uh, directly to consumers, retailers. Um, the end goal is, you know, at some point in time, you're going to be able to walk into a restaurant or a retail establishment and there'll be the words Arkansas beef and you'll have that option. We're excited about this, this market that could open up and develop within the state. And so uh, that bill is filed, and it looks like we'll probably uh, the House Ag Committee will will meet on Wednesday, and I believe that's when we'll um, probably see the bill on that agenda and uh, and go. There's 67 House sponsors, uh, that's out of 100, and there's 17 Senate sponsors, that's out of 35. So obviously a lot of a lot of support for this. We'll also have to be working on uh, the budget bill for the Department of Agriculture to be able to fund the program, and so we'll be working on on that as well. 
All right, that's uh, really good news. Uh, I know a lot of our uh, producers out there have been hoping to hear some good news on that. So that's a, a monumental step forward, and everybody will be really pleased about y'all's work on those on that issue in particular. What are some of the other things going on uh, last week or, or coming up this week? Well. On our priority list, uh, we were wanting to make some moves in on in, in dealing with levies, and so Representative Rep. Mary Bentley has filed four bills that look at kind of the process and the nuts and bolts of levy districts and their operations. And so we're supportive of those bills. They will help in the kind of the reporting requirements that levy districts will have, so there'll be more transparency there. It also sets up ability for uh, levy districts to consolidate and maybe make a stronger district uh, out of it. And so uh, there's four of those bills. She kind of broke them down to where they're easier easier to manage. And so that's on our list. And we expect that those to come up this week in committee. Don't see any any pushback on on those so far in the. Arkansas Association of Counties is also involved in that. There will be a bill that will have a little bit of pushback. Representative David Hillman filed House Bill 1210. It deals with the structure of the state plant board. It basically uh, would allow the governor to to make the appointments of the members. Some would continue to be uh, out of a pool uh, from organizations that would submit names. Uh, there are some groups of, of folks out there that are not in favor of that. Uh, the, their agenda is to uh, change the makeup of the plant board. This bill, House Bill 1210, doesn't address the makeup of the plant board. It just will hopefully make it to where there won't be any legal challenges on the actual process of making appointments. And so Farm Bureau policy is supportive of Representative Hillman's bill, and so believe he'll be trying to run that this week as well. And so uh, obviously we'll be we'll be pushing that. So those are the big ones uh that we have this week and um still working on um dealing with funding for broadband and some other issues our lemon law uh change to the lemon law to help out with folks with a class 3 truck. Those are the dually pickup trucks that weigh up to 14,000 pounds. Uh, that's cleared the House, and so that'll be over in the Senate this week. So we'll be watching that as well. So it's been a busy time since this session started, and will continue to be that way. And uh, we appreciate you always taking time to update us, Jeff. And we'll try to do this uh, every week on our podcast and let folks know uh, exactly uh, what y'all been working on and how things are going down there. We're very appreciative of everything our folks uh, in government affairs do for us. Well, we uh, appreciate that, Keith, and it takes a uh, takes a whole family from uh, what you guys do to uh, what we're doing to uh, uh, to get the jobs done. But we appreciate that. We appreciate the Farm Bureau members uh, for giving us the opportunity. All right. Thank you very much, and we'll look forward to talking with you next week and seeing what's happening in the end. That's all for this Arkansas AgCast. We'll be back next Thursday with more news and views on Arkansas agriculture.